Greetings, creeps, and welcome to Horror Girl Problems, the podcast slash videocast. Thanks for listening, Mom and Nephew Noah. We are celebrating Pride all month long, and today we have a sort of a continuation of last week's episode. If you haven't checked out episode 40 yet, go check that out. Super cool panel. Some of those panelists are back with us today to discuss queer representation in contemporary horror. We touched slightly on where it's at and where we'd like to see it go. So please welcome back Gory Cory, Reina, and Zero. I wanted to talk to you guys about like modern representation and kind of how it's like gone towards. Oh, yeah. It's oh. not really, it just kind of is. Like, we touched upon that earlier and some other stuff, but I feel like the modern thing, like in Freaky, like he's just gay. It doesn't, that's not what it's about. It doesn't talk about that. Yeah. Um, did you guys see Bloodthirsty? It's like a lesbian werewolf movie that came out last month. What? There was a lesbian what? werewolf. Lesbian werewolf. Why didn't anyone tell me? I'm Wait, sorry. Bloodthirsty? I posted about it. Bloodthirsty, yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's a lesbian werewolf movie. Thirsty. But again, it's like, uh, it's just, it just is. You know what I mean? It's a part of the character. It has nothing to do with the plot of the movie. And then, okay, this isn't horror, but it's like sci-fi. Mitchell's uh, versus Machines. Yes. Yeah, like that was such a cool representation of uh, that main character. And again, it just is. It's not part of the plot. And it's like, I'm really happy to see that it's kind of moving towards that it doesn't have to be some tragic story or a coming out story or anything it's just like okay yeah the oh, character man. is gay or something and moving on I've, I've had it with trauma films Fuck, yes. yes as marginalized <laughs> people we are more than just our trauma and like it's embarrassing that i have to say that <laughs> but you know when we say, when we say that we want more lgbt films we're not saying we want coming out stories. Right. Like we're horror fans. We want to see horror movies just with our people, you know? And when when you try to when when these production companies try to give us that, a lot because we're not in those spaces. We're not, we're not fully represented in those spaces behind the camera in on the production part of these films. For me, it just it it doesn't hit, it doesn't feel real. It feels like some straight white guy was like, we need more diversity. Let's throw the best friend in there as a gay guy. And for, you know, people actually in the community on the outside, they're like, you just threw this guy in there just so you yeah, can throw yeah. this guy in there. It doesn't mean anything <laughs> other than that. Or, you know, the latter, which is, you know, a, a story about coming out and how hard that is or whatever kind of uh, grief that that somebody would be dealing with in this community and it's like it's so simple the answer like we just we just don't want it we want to be included but it doesn't have to be the the whole point and that right. goes for any mode of of representation for whether it be race or gender identity or or your sexuality or fucking if you're disabled or not like we just want to be here and do what we normally do and not have to like leave the theater, like feeling really upset, mm-hmm. you know, like, it, you know, and personally, if I'm never going to watch another slave movie, cause I've just had it. Like, I don't need any more of those. And luckily we're moving towards it where, you know, not all black horror is, you know, surrounded by the, um, our trauma. Um, and I think the LGBTQ part of that needs to needs a little more work um black horror is is zooming especially after 2010 i i think that lgbtq um horror representation has a little more catching up to do 
um, in that sense. But then there's also like intersectionality. And I feel like, like our community, LGBT community is the most intersectional period mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's an experience upon an experience and that's not, you know, s- specific to one group of people. And you don't see that like ever. Um, I think there, there was a, that new movie Spiral about the gay couple they were interracial couple and it, it touched a little bit on both sides. Um, but besides that, I don't, I don't think I've seen anything that reflects really the intersectionality of, of our community. Cause it's like, it, it's crazy diverse in here, you know? And I think we more openly recognize that than other singular communities. So I, I would like to see that more, um, more visible, but there's one scene. Um, did you guys watch Lovecraft Country? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, when the one scene where Montrose is in the club and he's having his kind of spiritual awakening, he's he's a closeted gay man and LGBT issues in the black community for as long as way longer than I've been on this earth have been very uh, it's a really touchy subject. Um, the the African-American community has a long way to go in terms of acceptance. And that was the first time in that episode of Lovecraft Country where I got those issues. This is what it's like to be, well, I wouldn't know, but this is what it's like to be a gay man in a black space, Um, especially in, you know, Jim Crow era. That's, that's multiple layers here. And it's either you are a gay man or you're a black man. And that one scene was just so beautiful. Everyone is uh, he's surrounded by drag queens. And he finally feels like he like a sense of belonging. And he, you know, takes his hands out of his pockets and he starts dancing. And it's really just a metaphorical uh, a visual representation of how he's accepted who he is as a gay man and a black man. And I don't feel, you know, that I have to uh, hinder myself. I don't have to admit, I don't have to shrink myself because I can exist in both of these spaces. And I cried so hard that episode. Oh my God, I was in tears. I, I will rewind it like a million bajillion fucking times, but I want to see intersectionality like that because our problems aren't only our problems. Like our problems are also Latino people's problems and black people's problems and disabled people's problems. So like, let's be a little more accurate to real life and not just keep these these issues separate because it's not that way. And it's, it's slowly getting there, but, but I think that might be, we have to see some other changes before um, Unfortunately, these production companies can get wise enough to understand that this is simpler than you're making it out to be. Definitely. Or we just start making our own fucking movies. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> right? Production company. It's like it waiting for like, them. They're taking a little too long. It's like, yeah, yeah. Some improvements, but they're real fucking slow going. So now I feel like it's this shift where it's like, well, we're just writing our own shit now and we're going to get that made instead. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're almost behind like most movies though even which is really odd like I feel like horror itself has so much more growth to do than like even dramedy dramedies comedies dramas like and I don't know why that is because even like films with other genres they still have a ton to do like they still have so much more to go but I feel like we are so much more behind them Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to diversity especially when it comes to like ableism Ableism in horror is like something that we still see to this day. And I, it just shocks me every time. 
it's strong in the fans with that one. And I yeah. feel like maybe it's because as horror fans, we're supposed to be like the tough punk guys. You know, like we like to watch people getting killed because we can handle it. You know, we are the macho men of the, the genres out there. And I think that maybe for the fans, at least, I don't know about the people behind these movies, but I think that people see diversity and and just being conscious and equal representation as kind of a weakness you know like yeah. having a disabled person in in a horror movie like lessens its toughness i guess i really feel that from the fans especially on twitter like you know i i peep them and it's a very defensive anger that they have especially about like woke films like you know the main character just so happens to be a, a gay woman or like or a trans woman. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is woke. You guys are snowflakes just like everyone else. And then it takes away that macho, yeah. that that gruffness that's supposed to be known for horror genre. Um, but y'all just need to get over that. Like, and skip. like horror films have always been political and they've always fought for social justice at forever. Even if you look at like the original like Dracula stories, if you look at Dante's Inferno, they have all been political. They have all been about social rights. And so any kind of like time that there's representation, look at Night of the Living Dead. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me why people seem to think that they're horror fans and they don't understand that. It's very shallow. It's very shallow. Say, they're yeah. very much looking at that yeah. as like a surface level. When anyone tries to make that argument about like now it's political or now it's like, what the fuck it's do you think you've been watching from the, the past the like genre. 50 years? Yes. Yeah. Don't tell me that they live is political. I'll have, I'll <laughs> right? hear none of that. <laughs> <laughs> none of that woke ass. So no yeah. like nonsense. Yeah. And I'm like, what movie were you watching, bro? Like, exactly. what were you saying? Like, what did you think it was this whole time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's going to cut us off again in two minutes, but I'm giving that warning so we don't awkwardly like, ah, and then I'm like screaming into the void. <laughs> I was actually like this at the screen. I was like, no. <laughs> I like Loki did that also. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I got kicked out, I guess. I'm not welcome there. Booted. <laughs> Everyone was just thinking they individually were kicked out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Booted. I like what I had to say. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I was getting, getting a little too angry. Of all times, though, I had to go on the charity thing and cut. And I was like, oh, fucking come on. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. I want to say thank you before it cuts me off again. But this was awesome. I'm, like, so grateful that you guys uh, joined in. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you thank for you. including us. I really appreciate the invitation. Yes, I'd like to collaborate with you guys loads more on all kinds of stuff coming up. So please. Words. <laughs> word, 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 word. Word. <laughs> word. <laughs> I'm saying it. I'm literally saying it. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys so much. I'll see you on Twitter in like three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much again to Gory Corey, Zero, and Raina for joining us today. I've also invited a few friends along to talk about their personal relationships with queer representation in horror films. Let's get to it. Hello, my name is Molly Henry. I am a Rotten Tomato Meter approved film critic and freelance writer. And Horror Girl Problems asked me to think of the horror queer character that I identified with most. I took a lot of time to really think about it. And the one character that I kept coming back to was Needy Lesnicki from Jennifer's Body. Obviously in the film, aside from one kiss scene, she's not explicitly queer, but I see a lot of myself 
when I was younger in this character, especially before I came out. Um, she's very awkward and kind of dorky, which is definitely me even now. <laughs> but she encapsulates this kind of period in a young girl's life before she comes out where it's really hard to determine if you want to be friends with a girl, if you want to be her, or if you want to be with her. And the relationship between Needy and Jennifer, I feel, really encapsulates that, but especially from Needy's perspective. So I, I definitely saw my younger self. Um, I, I came out as bisexual when I was a sophomore in high school. Now I identify more as pansexual. But uh, obviously the horror genre has actually quite a few great queer characters from us to draw from, whether they're queer coded or explicitly queer. Obviously in horror and in every genre, we need more of those kinds of characters, more people working behind the cameras as well. But it's really great that there are characters like Needy that we can identify with. So happy Pride! So my favorite queer horror character is a bit of a problematic fave, and it is Angela from Sleepaway Camp. Um, I know that that movie is incredibly homophobic and transphobic, but I am a child of the 80s, and to be honest, it was the first representation of queer people that I ever saw, and I didn't see it again for many, many years. And so watching that movie at like a slumber party as a little boy in the 80s was a bit of a disassociative experience because I knew that people were laughing because the people on screen were like me, but also it was the first and only time I saw people like me at all. Plus, I feel like that movie has been kind of embraced by the queer community as a camp classic. So my answer is Angela from Sleepaway Camp, Don't At Me, and RIP Aunt Martha. Hi, I'm Ben Frankenberg, and I'm an actor. Um, a character that I identified with in the horror pantheon uh, the most is probably Louis from Interview with a Vampire. Louis... Uh, resonates with me as a bisexual person, but also as a non-binary person, because through the multiple arcs that he engages with throughout the story, his sense of identity cannot seem to be found outside of himself. Through the romance and seduction of Lestat to the uh, parental romance that leans through Claudia and eventually the mentorship he seeks through Armand, uh, his identity in the end can only be found from within. So the societal expectations that he hopes will answer his problems never come to fruition. And I think that's a, a thing that resonates with me a lot as a bisexual person and also a non-binary person. Thank you to Molly, Joshua, and Benjamin for sharing your personal experiences with us. And if you are watching or listening to this and you're a member of the LGBTQ community, I would love to hear your story. Call up the Horror Girl hotline for details. 323-457-3963. And if you haven't checked it out already, we have a community-fueled playlist made by you. Or made by you if you called in to the Horror Girl hotline to give your Final Girl Kill song. That playlist is on Spotify. I posted that link on Twitter, so check that out if you're trying to get pumped up. And that's all I've got for you. Make sure all month long you are heading to gaylydreadful.com. Please donate to Gaily Helpful if you are able to. They've already smashed their goals for this year, but let's just keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. I'm excited to share my article with you all later this month with my answer to the question of who I identified with. 
I'm looking forward to hearing your answers as well. I hope you will call into the hotline and share that. I'm very excited for it. And I'll catch you next week for some more spooky shit. Happy Pride!